0: Lord, I I just, uh, God, I invite you right now. Invite you to come, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing tonight. God, we give you permission to do whatever you want to do, God. Like, we take our whiteboard that we wrote all our expectations on, and we just, like, erase the whole thing, God. (laughs) And we say, write whatever you want on our hearts, God. And can you guys just repeat this after me? Only if you mean it, though. Just say, God. (laughs) You don't know what it is until after. Yeah, see? Uh, God, I give you my heart. Open it, Lord. Now feel your heart opening. Just feel that. (laughs) And God, I give you my offense. I am open to changing my mind on things. (laughs) And I will not get mad at Taylor tonight praise God. (laughs) And I give him permission to offend me, God. (laughs) And I forgive him in advance. Amen. I said, that's why I said prayed if you only mean it. And did you notice half the room went quiet and they're like, I can't, I can't promise that I'm not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> so guys tonight uh, we, I'm super honored to just kind of uh, finish up an awesome series we've been doing on mindsets. Uh, we've been doing a generous mindset, a service, uh, servant heart mindset, a revivalist mindset and they've, they've been awesome. Uh, who's been here for the majority of those? A lot of them? Yeah. They've been awesome. And so tonight, I have the honor of kind of closing up uh, just this, that little chapter of what we're doing. And, and basically, I felt what was on my heart tonight was to talk about the, the freedom of a forgiven mindset. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh high expectations we wiped away the expectations so god you can do whatever you want and so tonight uh, i want to talk because i think we all understand we hear the word forgiven and we're all like yeah christianity the cross you know absolutely and we think i'm forgiven for my sins but then we kind of stop there a lot of times and we're like are you forgiven you're like yes i'm forgiven praise god it's like awesome what does that mean well he took away my sins awesome yes absolutely what else um, I get to go to heaven when I die. Cool. There's about 70 years in between the first two of those. What happens during those 70 years? Um, when I sin, he will forgive me again. Yes. Cool. What else happens? You know, and and there's so much more like a good analogy. I was talking with my uh, youth students on, uh, was basically if you're a homeless dude, living on the streets, homeless, you have like a million dollars. Think of just some astronomical number of debt, right? Uh, all this crazy debt, you're on the streets, all this stuff, it's real bad. Someone comes up to you and is like, hey man, you just won the lotto. All of your money, all that debt, it's gone. You're like, what? That's insane. Like in a moment, all of your debt has been forgiven, Right? but there's so much more. Not only have you been like forgiven of your debt, there's also a hundred million dollars in your bank account right now. Okay. So then what happens is the homeless guy's like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a millionaire. That's crazy. That's awesome. Dude, let's go to the bank and go get you a house. You're like, nah, dude, I'm going to keep living on the streets I'm going to keep begging for food, even though i got plenty of resources to buy me food. I'm going to actually keep begging for a house and pretend like I'm living on the streets, even though I have access to buy a mansion. Do you, do, people are like, I'm starting to see how that's a parallel. Yes, this is Christianity. God has given you forgiveness and so much more. And yet, for some reason, we settle with just saying, well, my debt was cleared. When in actuality, he gave you all power from heaven. He gave you authority. He gave you provision. He gave you a job, praise God, to expand the kingdom, right? It's like, no, I don't want a job. I'm going to stay homeless. And he's like, no, you have a job now to get other people free from debt, to get other people cleared, to get other, to spread the kingdom of God. How many of us are not tapping in to what forgiven really means? a forgiven mindset is so much more about just clearing debt it's so much more of just than just saying yay cool, zero, woo, I'm free. It's like, no, you got a million dollars, bro. What are you going to do now besides just going to Disneyland? Like, there is so much more out there. Like, that's great, but buy Disneyland. You know, do something amazing, you know? Build another one and give it away for orphans. I don't know. Like, just do something amazing, right? And, and so tonight, I want to talk about the forgiven mindset. And I want to go through uh, a couple a couple of things. I want to talk about kind of like a quick uh, a theology behind it, the mindset kind of the more like, what do you do? Why is it important for us to walk in a forgiven mindset? What does it mean? Do I really want it? And then after that, I'm hoping to end with just some real quick practicals. Real quick, hey, this is probably not a forgiven mindset. Let's get that out. Like my, my point, my goal tonight is to like, hey dude, there's a spider on your shirt and you're like, oh, kill it. Rather than being like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. <laughs> you know, like so often we're like, dude, you got an issue in your life and they like, don't touch that. Like you got an insecurity, dude, it's biting you. Don't, don't you look at that? (laughs) Whereas if it was a black widow, you'd be like, Oh, (laughs) tell your friends, bro. Like no spiders ever again. Get away from me. Right. And yet for some reason with our fears, our insecurity, our sin, our doubts, our lies, we sit there and they're like, no, 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 no. And they're biting us. They're poisoning us. They're hurting us. And yet we say, no, I don't know. Don't touch that. And I want to say forgiven mindset is able to say, like, show me. Is there one on my back? I can't see it. Get it for me. Smack it. <laughs> you know, get it. Right? Whatever it takes, I don't care if I'm offended. Like, get. Re- I want to walk in the fullness of forgiveness of the gospel. So that's what I'm inviting you guys into tonight. Are, are you willing to, like, get offended maybe? Yeah, maybe. But one person said, "Maybe." Okay, great. Here <laughs> was a, uh, uh-uh, not me. Is anyone willing to try to expand what is the forgiven mindset? Yeah. Yes. Okay, awesome. So let's maybe. Okay, so I love. I love. Okay, so check this out. Forgiveness, a forgiven mindset is a free mindset. It removes insecurities. Forgiveness restores you back to the Garden of Eden, and so much even more. Right? Because in the garden, Adam didn't walk around all insecure. He didn't walk around comparing himself to other people. There were no other people. <laughs> like he's just, he didn't walk around in fear. There was nothing to be afraid of. Like he didn't walk around with all these doubts of if God loved him. God just showed up every day and was like, dude, I love you. <laughs> you know, And he never walked around insecure. And so forgiveness actually takes us back to that place. But on top of that, it gives us even more to no longer fall into the temptation that he fell into, right? And so forgiveness, guys, forgiveness is the weapon that God chose to defeat Satan. Like you look at the cross, and it's a symbol. It's the ultimate symbol in all eternity of forgiveness, right? And this is the weapon of God to crush satan to crush his skull right you heard that verse where it says he'll crush his skull he did that through forgiveness it's the the sword he picked up to cut off goliath's head right is this idea of forgiveness the blood the cross of jesus christ so a forgiveness mindset it's impossible to live free unless we live fully forgiven it's impossible to to really understand forgiving other people unless i understand my forgiveness so that's why it is so, so important. Guys, uh, Romans twelve two. if you could throw it up there. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So uh, a couple things. This word transformed here, it actually is the same word used when it says Jesus was transformed uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration. It actually means to be transfigured, to transform, to turn into this holy, divine. Peter's like, oh man, this is crazy. Like, Like beautiful, that is God in his glorious form. This is that same word. It's only used three times in the New Testament. And one of them is where it says Be transformed, be transfigured. And the word for renewal actually says to renovate, to rebuild with better parts. It's like taking an old clunker car, taking out the engine and putting a brand new best engine on the market into the car, right? And then I love the word mind. It's not just your mind. Everyone's like, transform my mind. Okay, I guess I should have holy thoughts. That's cool. You know, try not to think impure thoughts, right? And it's like, no, it's so much more. The word mind, it means your perceptions. It means your thoughts. It means your feelings, uh, your judging, your determining. It's kind of like the lens you put on to see through how you perceive life itself, uh, how things come into you. That is all included in this word that means mind. This means that your perceptions, your thoughts, your feelings, your how you perceive information coming into should be so transfigured into this holy, divine, bright, amazing mind that God is taking out your mind, that old engine, and he's putting in the mind of Christ. And he's saying, be transfigured. Don't just think pure thoughts, have feelings of God, have the heart of God. Don't stop at just thinking, I I should probably memorize Bible verses. No, no, like see people the way God sees them. Love them the way he loves them. Break for them the way he breaks for them. Laugh for them the way he laughs for them. Celebrate them the way he celebrates them. The thing is, we will never be able to do this unless we begin to live in a forgiven mindset. Our hearts, our mind, feelings, perceptions are to be transfigured as Christ was. Uh, on the mountain when you went up. That same word is used to say how your mind is meant to be transfigured into this forgiven mindset. So to think any thought that is lesser than the mind of Christ, a thought Jesus himself would think, were to think the way he thinks, feel the way he feels. So a feeling that comes into my heart that's lesser than what he would feel in his heart It is actually taking out that old engine and put, or the new engine, putting in the old one. It's, it's actually cheating the gospel and saying, I'm going to choose a lesser option. So when, when offense comes into my heart, I have a choice to then see it through the mind and the perceptions and the thoughts and the feelings of Jesus, or I have a choice to actually just respond, react and choose to once again, partner with that person that was supposed to be killed on the cross right? Because Jesus, we died with him, right? So, uh, I, I feel like it's really important to go into what does it actually mean to be forgiven, because how can I have a forgiven mindset, unless I understand what forgiveness is. A uh, forgiven mindset, we're like, well, then that means I should walk around being like, I'm forgiven. You can't judge me, you know? Like, uh, I, and people always do that. They're always like, you can't judge me. I'm forgiven. Hell. Whereas actually, It means so much more than that, right? So it's this word, I can't pronounce it very well. It's like afiemi, afiemi, it's Greek. It literally is Greek to me. I don't know. It it says to send away, to to bid going away or to part, to divorce a husband or a wife to send forth, to expire, to let go, to let alone by itself, to disregard, to no longer discuss a topic, to neglect, to omit, to give up a debt, to go away from in order to leave, to go to another place, uh, to desert, to leave behind upon death itself, to abandon. So when it says that that you were forgiven from your sins, it means literally you have been divorced from that old spouse that was called your sin nature, that old spouse that was fear that was discouragement that was anger hatred uh bad feelings depression shame condemnation you have legally been divorced from it you have been separated killed like oh bro see you later i'm leaving right you know like it says to no longer discuss in a topic it's like the whole like like i Voldemort, like, the the name that cannot be spoken of. You know, it's like, it's like, hey, remember your sin and shame? What are you talking about? We can't, no. That, what? (laughs) Like, did you say that? I don't even remember. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, that's crazy. Like, you have been completely separated from this. Jesus chose you basically it's like this it's like sin that dude that old nature showed up to your house after a long hard day of work of destroying people's lives and walks up with his keys and he's like the, what the, like the lock doesn't work and he's like trying to get into the house of your heart and mind and he's like dude someone changed the locks what the heck and then he's like trying to get in the window he's like oh they got a dog what the that's not my dog it hates me why it's attacking me it's just going around the back the alarm goes off cops show up like like things he's totally like wait my what and then he sees you inside and you're like oh yeah i changed the locks yeah yeah i'm actually jesus moved in now it's a, it's kind of his house i sold i sold the amount that you owed i gave it to him right it's his and he walks in and he's like dude, and he sees Jesus with a hammer just demolishing like tr- like old bowling trophies of sin, right? And he's just breaking stuff. And he's like, oh, my trophies. And he's like, sorry, bro, this isn't yours anymore. You're gone, right? And so basically you have locked the door on this old mindset in your life. You are now dead to any thought, any feeling, any perception that is not covered underneath the mind of Christ. So to say like, i'm depressed and i hate my life it's like jesus is like no (sighs) like that goes outside you stay out in the cold you do not come in like we're having thanksgiving dinner you stay outside like we are feeding inside you cannot come in anymore we're calling the cops now see you later you know kind of a thing and so basically the, the question is that's 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 the theology behind it, <laughs> right? That's a theological answer for you. Keys have been like they're gone, right? They're gone. And the only way he gets back in anymore is if we open the door and say, come on in, is when we say, he's banging at the door, rejection, rejection, rejection. And you're like through the you hear it muffled through the, And then sometimes we're like, Did he say rejection? And she's like, No, that was muffled. I don't even know what you're talking about. He's like, I think I'm gonna let him in. And she's like, no, don't let him in. He's locked outside. Like, like, don't do that, guys. And so this is how we do it. So it's how. How, how, how. Like, how do we take this, this, and we like cram it into our minds, right? So basically, 2 Corinthians 10:5, it says, We destroy arguments and every how many? How many? Thank you. Every, does that mean one gets by? No. Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every, how many? Every, how many? <laughs> I, I help out with the youth, so I have to just constantly get them to repeat to be like, no, I feel good that they got it. Every thought captive to obey Christ. This word captive literally means to take under control. Put in a headlock, bind up, put 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 like chains on them and put them on a car and say, go away. Like this is literally take captive, but it's a forceful thing. And, and the fact that you have to take it captive tells me that it's running wild. You don't have to run after something. Like if a dog's sitting at the house, I don't need to like go up behind my dog that's just chilling by the fireplace and like captive! Like, you know, like no no, this is like a crazy chicken running around and you're like Trying to, like, get a box and cover it up. Like, this is an actual think about it, go after it, capture it, captive, right? And basically, this is what it says you have to do with your thoughts. Either you control your thoughts and your feelings and your perceptions and your mind, or they will control you. It's not like they sit there like, do I want to control Taylor today? Hmm. I'm not sure. Like they're just running buck wild through my mind and basically just going crazy destroying stuff and I'm the one who I have to be like, no, 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 and capture them. No, 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 that's not true. That lie's not true. That thought's not true. That fear's not true. And capture them and throw them out. Ship them off, get rid of them, right? It, it is up to me. Either you will control your thoughts and your feelings or they will control you. You have to actively Put yourself underneath a forgiven mindset. Otherwise, it's so easy to get out of it. And then we're sitting there, like, I'm a Christian and I'm saved, and I've been saved a decade, and yet I'm still depressed and I still hate my life. And now, what do I do? Right? It's because we haven't fully stepped underneath the umbrella that is forgiveness, a forgiven mindset. We're standing out in the rain, and God's like, I have an umbrella for you. And we're like, No, I'm good. I'm good. It's so cold. And why are you pouring rain on me? He's like, I'm right here with an umbrella, bro. <laughs> like the umbrella of forgiven mindset, we have to choose to place ourselves under. Does that make sense? Okay. So this, I, I am to forcefully capture these thoughts. I love, um, I don't know why, maybe it's because I'm in uh, with the youth. But the first thought that comes into my mind was that who watched SpongeBob growing up? Anyone in here, am I with the right generation? Everyone now is like, amen, brother. Okay, so, all right. I say, I, never mind, I was, I'm not going to say that. Okay, anyway, we all know SpongeBob. Did you ever see the one where Squidward's just like, he's just like, I want you to forget everything but fine dining and breathing. Do you remember that one? He's like, burn the files. And it shows SpongeBob's mind. And they're like, everything out, burn it. And they're like, everything. And they're like, how much, boss? And it's all these little SpongeBob thoughts. How much do we burn? He's like, everything but fine dining and breathing. And he's like, all right, all right, shred it, right? And then SpongeBob literally, he's sitting there and he's like, fine dining and breathing, right? And he's just sitting there, right? And then they ask him, what's his name? And he's like, I burned that file. Like, I don't know. Like, fine dining? Like, you know, like, do you, do you remember that episode? Do you remember what I'm talking about? I can't believe I'm preaching from this. Okay, so basically, right here, that's a forgiven mindset. Of uh, God says, you're forgiven. Forget everything else. like burn the file that says you're a sinner burn the file that says you're lowly and you're this horrible person burn the file that says satan has a hold on you burn the file of depression burn the file of condemnation uh your past wait you mean that that pile of trash that got shredded and burned over there like like the stuff before christ like what are you talking about that we burn that What's your name? Oh yeah, the Bible says it's beloved one, right? Like that's forgiven, forgiven mindset. We have to burn anything else that tries to get us to forget that we're forgiven and we're living in a forgiven mindset, okay? Isaiah 43, uh, 25 to 26, it says, I, even I, and this is God talking, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. He says, review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Like, he's sitting there and he's like, come at me, bro. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I burned those files when I died on the cross for you. Like, was that not enough? Like, like I can't give anything more. <laughs> I completely covered it, right? And, and so, are we willing to take every thought captive and burn them, to p- put them underneath the, the cross and say and be the cross, be the filter, and let nothing get through. Are are we a group? Are we a generation that's willing to do that? Yeah, thank you. We got we got two people. Praise God! Right. <laughs> so every time we go back to an insecure thought um, that and we like choose, I'm not saying the devil throwing it in your mind like through a rock through the window that says like you're stupid and then you're like this is stupid. and You throw it out like I mean I, like taking the rock like I'm stupid oh my gosh, you know, like, uh, no, no, like, I'm not talking about the temptation, I'm talking about dwelling on and choosing to believe the thought over and over, right, and, and so every time we go back to that insecure thought that isn't the way Christ thinks or feels, uh, every time we judge or perceive ourselves or, or somebody else with a thought uh, that, that isn't the same as Jesus, we're literally unlocking that, dole, that door to that old, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, sin person, right, and we're saying, hey, come on in, check out my house. And Jesus is like, who's this? Like what? Who's this? And, oh, I just thought my ex could live here with us. Is that cool? And he's like, what What are you talking about? Like the one that you got a restraining order against? Like that that guy, you're letting him back in our house that I bought for you? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it just, I I just like, you know, it just hurts too much to talk about it. So I'm just going to let him live and I'll give him his own room. He won't bother us much, you know? Like, but we do this with our fears and our insecurity. I do this all the time. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And, And Pastor Daniel's like, we need to talk about it. Like, you have fear. Stop believing fear. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about my fears. And he's like, we need to get that out of you. And I'm like, I, he, he can have his own room. I promise he won't bother us. He, we got to get that out of there, bro. Like, like, we got to say, okay, when a fear and a lie and a doubt and are exposed in my life, I want him out. I don't want to keep inviting him back in, you know. But my parents told me I was a loser again. And I'm like, I know. Okay, but Jesus did it. And they're not living in the house with you. He is. So don't let them back in, you know, kind of a thing. Do you see what I'm saying? It's our choice. And do you see how we constantly, as Christians, we think, oh, yay, my debt was settled. That's good. And then we let the house just run rampant and get destroyed. Whereas the Bible says Jesus is actually moving in. He'll, he'll take you where you're at, but don't expect to stay there. If you haven't grown in 10 years of being a Christian, something is wrong. <laughs> you know, because he comes in the door and he's like, wow, this house is Destroy, I'll take it. And he immediately starts moving stuff around, cleaning stuff up, and he looks at you like, Are you gonna help me? Like, let's do this together. He's not mad, he's not angry, but he is expectant to change the house of our heart and our mind. And so many people we get offended when we're like, Jesus will take me as I as I am. Yes, but don't expect to stay that way. He doesn't want to live and sleep on a bed with cockroaches all over it that are lies. Like, Like he wants truth. And so This is how we practically enforce this, kind of, is basically... Uh, the number one way to do this and just to kick the devil out is through the Word of God. If you can't feel God, if you can't see Him, if you're not uh, hearing Him, all these things, you can always read Him. He gave us a big book of truth. And if that's all we had on a deserted island and nothing else, we could still have a forgiven mindset. I'm all for hearing the voice of God. Uh, It's huge, 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 huge. But the Word of God cements the truth inside of us. So we have to find verses that, that tell us this is what's true. And I'm not, I'm not to say, here's my mind and how I feel, and, and, and here's the Bible, but that doesn't match how I feel. So I'm going to choose a different verse that matches how I feel. No, we need to be able to say, no, 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 forgiveness is the Bible, and I need to put myself underneath that umbrella and change whatever doesn't match up with that, right? And so um, go ahead and go to uh, Romans 8.1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is na- therefore now no condemnation. So this verse wrecked my life. <laughs> okay, so basically, let me show you how you begin to apply the forgiven mindset. Uh, because you're forgiven, you're walking in and now so you have to apply it and catch all those crazy things running around in our hearts and our minds, okay? So, real practically, this is what it looks like. So... You're sitting there, you memorize this verse. Even if it's the only verse you ever memorize. There is therefore now no condemnation, (laughs) right? So you're sitting there, you're like, my past, I just, everyone sees me a certain way. And then there is no condemnation. You should hear a red flag, alarm, dog starts barking, like lies. Someone just got in, like my past. And he accidentally tripped the wire and he's in your house. He's like, oh, and then all of a sudden all the flags go up. There is therefore now no condemnation. Right? So, like, I can't be condemned for my past anymore. Okay? So, another one, I'm a loser. There is, therefore, no condemnation. No more accusing. No more lies. Um, but I, I just, I just, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. There is, therefore, now no condemnation, right? But, but I feel bad. I feel like everyone hates me. No, they don't. There is, therefore, no condemnation. But, but, but I'm not as holy as them. I'm not as gifted as them. He prays for everyone, and they get healed. I pray for them, and they die. Like, what? What's up with that, you know? There, there is, therefore now no condemnation yeah but how come he won a million bucks and i'm in debt there is therefore now no do you see how you do this you 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 got to become stubborn at applying the Bible to your life. Like, I refuse to let anything into my mind and my heart and my perceptions that's not matching up with the Scripture of God. I'm not going to take the Scripture and pull it down to my circumstances. I'm going to command my circumstances, rise up to that Scripture right now in Jesus' name. But I'm depressed. I know. And it might be true, and it might be how you feel. But the truth is, there's no condemnation. Don't let yourself be accused anymore. Don't settle for less than full forgiveness. Don't settle with "but my sin was made clean." That's great foundation, but take it in. And I was made a saint now because i have forgiven. And I have freedom. And I have all the resources of heaven backing me up. And I'm loved. And there is therefore now no. Do you see how I can do this? You can do this with a million verses. You have to start applying it. Uh, Dominic sees all over. He's my he's my roommate roomy over here, we have over our mirror, we literally have markered all over our mirror, like declarations and truths. So I woke up more and I'm like, and then I look up and I'm like, and I see a verse right there. And I'm like, okay, all right, there is therefore, right? You know, like we got to get after this thing. Okay. So we have to uh, basically... We always hear that, that little nice sweet bracelet that says, like, WWJD. What would Jesus do? We need one that says WWJT. Like, what would Jesus think? Because Jesus all the time had people say, like, you're a false prophet. And he's just like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, like, you're a liar. No, I'm not. You're the devil himself. Okay? Like it, like, it didn't it didn't have a hold on him. And yet with us, we get up here and we're like, they don't 100% agree with my theology. Oh, no. They don't like me oh no, like, you know, what do I do? You know, whereas Jesus is like, like there's one verse where he's like moving, he just moves a crowd and he walks through it and he leaves, you know, like, he's just like, I'm not putting up with this. I'm just, I know who I am. i move him out. Yeah, I'm out, <laughs> right? And so what would Jesus think? That is your new standard for what I am allowed to think. What would Jesus feel? Would Jesus feel depressed? No, well then I feel depressed. So something's wrong. Because he gave me his mind, his thoughts, his feelings. So i got to figure out what's going on and what needs to be lifted up in my heart. right? Uh, I, if I'm walking around thinking everyone hates me all the time, Jesus didn't. He wasn't like that. Like he, he wasn't like that at all. And so something is wrong in the way I'm perceiving things, not everyone else. And I need to lift up and begin to walk in a forgiven mindset. Okay, so here we go. So do you guys see how this really affects your personal life? Like everything, like your job, like how you do everything in your life, (laughs) right? Like literally it covers every branch of who you are as a person. So now we've covered the personal things. Um, Can I have permission to go after and then I basically, because we covered the first part, I want to go after the second part, which has to do now with other people. This part's a little more touchy because what happens is with, with me, we're like, okay, great, I can agree in my heart, you know, and, and change things, or whatever. But now he but treat other people like offense, you know. Like, <laughs> so do you have permission to go for that? Is that cool? Is that cool? Are you guys awake? You still awake? You want a freedom mindset, forgiveness mindset? Yeah? Okay, all right, cool, cool. So I love this. There's a quote from uh, Rick Warren. He says, and you know, when you've experienced grace and you feel like you've been forgiven, you are a lot more forgiving of other people and you are a lot more gracious to others. If you walk around saying, I'm forgiven, but you're always mad at other people for what they wronged you with, Chances are you don't really understand what forgiveness is. (laughs) Like, if I'm always like, they wronged me, they hurt me, they offended me, then I really don't get forgiveness at all. Like, I haven't received it. Because Jesus was not walking around all the time accusing people what they did or did not do to him. He was walking around saying, this is what the Father's doing, so I'm going to do this, right? He never walked around and was like, but they didn't give me... I." I had it against me from the beginning. I was born in a pig trough. <laughs> like, like, I wasn't even allowed to be born in a normal hospital. Like, from the beginning, I got dealt bad cards. He never walked around saying, like, whoa, is me. He walked around with a power and authority from God because he was following what the Father said about him. So, here we go. Matthew 6, 9, this is beautiful. It's the Lord's Prayer. says, says, uh, it says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The problem is everyone stops at that verse. The next verse... Says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. That is terrifying. That is so scary to me. And then Mark 11, 25, it says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. The spot where you say, nope, not forgiving them is the same spot you're allowing yourself to now be tormented by unforgiveness. Like you're opening that door to the devil and saying, God's not allowed to be here. You can torment me here all you want. It's like you're locking Jesus out of the room and saying, no, this room, I'm not going to let him in right now because we're saying I'm not willing to forgive that spot. So I'm not willing to forgive whatever happened in the garage. So that means whatever happened in the garage, Jesus now, you're not letting him access to, which it can still be completely tormented with lies and cockroaches and all these crazy, nasty things, right? And yet how many of us do this? How many of us are like, you don't, you don't want to know what my parents did to me. You know, you don't, want, you don't want to know what happened to me. Or like, they cut me off, or they offended me, or they cursed at me, or they... And then what we do is we say, I am not going to forgive them. And the minute we do that, we shut off the power of God from flowing in that area of our life. So, we have to be able to say, oh, God, I'm going to release. I understand who I am, so I release forgiveness unto them as well. So... We have to perceive as Christ perceived. Remember that verse when it says you have the mind of Christ? It literally means the feelings, the thoughts, the perceptions, right? All those things. That means that when somebody comes at me and talks to me, I'm supposed to perceive them the same way he does. So if this person comes up to me and they start cussing at me and all this stuff, you know, and I'm like, oh man, they're such a jerk. Or, oh man, they're just an orphan. And they just, uh, you know, and all these things start labeling like, yeah, well, you know, they think they're a know-it-all and they just, you know, all this stuff, right? Where as Jesus, I don't think he stands in heaven and I don't think any of those words come out of his mouth because he perceives them differently. He's like, no, man, they're pretty hurt right now, but I love them. Yeah, they might not be acting like themselves right now, but man, I adore them. Man, I got big plans for them. Wow. Like, this one, uh, this one is so special to me. And with you, you're like, God, that person's a horrible, evil, backstabbing. And he's like, hmm, that's not what heaven says. Oh, man, heaven's in love with that person. He looked at Judas, like what Andrew was saying. He looked at Judas, and he called him friend. Earth was like, betrayer, horrible. And Jesus looked at him. He said, I still call you friend, even though you're about to betray me. I'm still going to call you friend. And sometimes I wonder what would happen to Judas if instead of killing himself, he submitted himself to forgiveness and actually went back and said, I'm so sorry. Like, I just wonder what would happen, you know. I don't know, (laughs) but like Judas betrayed Jesus and so did Peter. Peter went back and submitted himself to forgiveness and changed the world. Judas decided to take it in his own hands and hung himself, right? Are we willing to submit ourselves to forgiveness and the forgiven mindset or or take it upon our own feelings, right? So there's theology. Can I get real practical again before we end up for tonight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, here's a couple quick ones because a lot of times, a lot of times people, we talk about forgiveness with really big issues, which is true. Like, the, and I'll talk about that later. There's really times where people like actually hurt us and harm us, you know? And there's things you have to you have to deal with, you know? And, and it's very real. I'm going to talk about some just quick little ones that I see all the time, just rampant. Uh and I want to talk about just having an un a uh, just an uh, unoffendable heart and being for Release forgiveness everywhere we go. So this is, this is a lot of these. I'm not picking anyone out here in the crowd. I literally was just like, God, what are things that happened to me? And then I wrote them down, a lot, a lot of them, right? So let me see this real quick. Okay, so uh, this one I hear all the time from friends, from family, from my youth, from uh, family members, all these things. Either they're accusing me or they're accusing someone else uh, of, like, this person over there, they hate me this person over there, they think I'm a jerk. Or this person over there, they said this about me. Like, I've had so many people in my life accuse me of hating them, right? And I'm like, really? You? I love you. Like, what? Really? (laughs) Like, you think I hate you? Like, yeah, dude. You walked right by me. Didn't even look at me. Just kept walking. Obviously, you don't care. I'm like, what? Like, I had to go to the bathroom, bro. Like what? <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, so we, how many of us are taking people falsely now? Like, let me ask you this. We're, we're literally doing to them what the devil did to us. We're accusing them and assuming things of them that they never said, never did, never talked about. And we're literally now putting what the devil does to us and we hate him for, we're putting onto them. Are we sons of God or are we sons of the accuser? God puts labels on them that says like, maybe they're having a bad day and you should go encourage them because they're a son of God. The devil's like, they hate you. Go tell somebody, <laughs> right? Like, like, right? That, that, is, is this not what happens? Come on. Like we're sitting there and we're like, we're, we're, we're literally in worship and we're crying. And we're like, freedom. And then meet and greet and you go to hug someone and they turn to hug someone else. And you're like, the nerve on this guy like he denied me he hates me he didn't hug me you know and and literally we pick the chains back up the ground and go go jink!" and put them back on us because we're we're literally becoming the accuser the devil doesn't even have to accuse anymore because we're putting assumptions on people ourselves are we living a forgiven mindset or are we taking that that ball cap off for a second and putting on the lies of the devil so a couple other ones real quick uh, this has to do, yeah, they looked at me weird, body communication, they were silent, they didn't talk to me, right? Uh, how about text messaging? Ho! Oh, it says you read that four hours ago. <laughs> and then what happens is you get a text that says, hey, dot, 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 and you're like, hey, man, are you mad at me? <laughs> are you upset with me, or are we cool? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, dude, what's up? Because you've been a jerk to me all week. <laughs> what? Or like you igno- you've been ignoring me for two weeks. What? Literally, a- accusation, accusation, accusation. And the dude's like, oh, my buddy texted me. Whoa, oh! <laughs> it started to attack all over the place. So what if we lived in a forgiven mindset and we said, hey, man, I feel like I haven't seen you. I miss you. How are you? Rather than saying, hey, man, how come you haven't thought about me in two weeks? You mad at me? Because see, one of them, we're putting everything on them. They need to reach out to me. Whereas God is always pursuing us. The thought of Jesus is one of pursuit, not one of they need to come after me. Jesus was never like, they need to serve me. He was like, I'm going to pursue serving them. So when you're offended, do we go to them? Or do we sit there and let's see how long it takes for them to realize I've been quiet. <laughs> right? And then they come, hey, buddy, how you been? It's been three weeks. right you probably don't even remember my name like and you're like and that that poor dude is like i don't know what you're talking about like what happened like i thought we were cool right so another one right silence text messaging this just happens in communication another one i see rampant in the church all over the place is this idea of just like they don't share my theology right like Okay, I love what Pastor Andrew said earlier about the theology thing, you know, because we don't all share the same. It's okay. The, the Bible never says we'll be known by our theology. It says we'll be known by our love. And it never says we'll be known, it never says we'll be known by our ability to build great organizations. It says by our love for one another. That the world would look and be like, man, they all, they disagree on a bunch of stuff, and yet they, they're like a family. Like, what, what's up with that? Like, you know, but when our, and so often in the church, if it's a different disagreement, then basically we just create a new denomination and we break away. Or we call them a cult. Or we say like, or it's like, he prophesied something over me. It didn't happen exactly the way he said it. False prophet, right? And we blast their name and smear it, right? All over the place. Whereas heaven's like, he was trying, yeah sure, he messed up, maybe he didn't hear right, but that doesn't mean he's a cult leader, you know, like, chill out, we still believe Jesus is God in the flesh, like, it's okay, right, so, like, I'm just having fun with us, like, I'm poking fun at, like, a bunch of little things, right, so basically, guys, I want to challenge us, and and I'm ending pretty much, pretty soon with this, um, I want to challenge us to take the forgiven mindset to a whole new level, to take it to our entitlements, to take it to all the things we think we're supposed to get and now we're mad they didn't give to us, to take for all the assumptions, all the things, all the conversations, all literally every part of your life. Your forgiven mindset is not just about that I was forgiven of my sin. No, it means that now you get to perceive people the way Christ does. So if they walk up to you and they're like, all weird to you, you're like, I love you. You're great. You know what I mean? Like... I met, like, those guys that are, like, impossible to curse where, like, so-and-so said something mean about you, and you're like, psh, no, they didn't. You probably heard them wrong, you know? And it's like, no, dude, I didn't hear them wrong. I heard them say, I hate Taylor Jensen. And it's like, no, no, that must have been the other Taylor Jensen. <laughs> like, that, we're cool. Like, you know, like, we're great. Like, this is walking in an actual forgiven every detail of my life, the mind of Christ now. Every detail of my life, the heart of Christ now. So... There are times when real things happen, like murder, like war, you know, things actually, like your victim, you actually were hurt by somebody. And those ones really are the hardest, like in a lot of ways. Um, And I just love this quote from T.D. Jakes. He says, I think the first step is to understand that forgiveness does not exonerate the perpetrator. Forgiveness liberates the victim. It's a gift you give yourself. And there's people that things have happened and it was wrong. And I'm so sorry. Doesn't mean God wants it, doesn't mean God justifies it. None of that. But we're still supposed to forgive because it actually frees us. I saw this picture earlier where I was really struggling with forgiveness for some people and for some things they did to me. And I was walking down this hallway and basically. All of a sudden, it was like a fence popped out in front of me and made it so I couldn't go any further. And on the fence was the cross and Jesus, and he was all beaten up and bloody. And he looked at me, and he said, is this not enough to forgive them? And I had to answer the question. And it was a real legitimate thing. I wasn't looking through some lens. They really did hurt me. And I had to stop and look at Jesus in the face and either tell him, no, your cross was not enough to forgive them of what they did. Or I had to say to him, yes. Yes. Your cross, it still hurts, it's still hard, but yes, I forgive them. Jesus, your cross was enough to forgive the guy that, that hurt me. Your cross was enough. And that is, it brings freedom to you, not to them. It's for your sake, to get your heart to now where you can now open up that room of your house and say, okay, Jesus, it hurts, but I'll let you in. You can clean this room again because I'm willing to forgive that person who hurt me legitimately hurt me. Um, I love Corey Ten You guys got to look up her story. Um, she was wronged more than almost anyone I've ever heard of. She was in like a concentration camp. And she said, forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. She chose to forgive the very people that threw her in her concentration camp. I love Joyce Meyer. She said, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision we make because we want to do what's right before God. It's a quality decision that won't be easy and it may take time to get through the process depending on the severity of the events. But she's saying it, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. Uh, this author, Maya Angelou, she says, it's one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is to forgive, to forgive everybody. So I know it hurts, but please, a forgiven mindset, it frees you. It gives Jesus permission to move in that room of your heart and of your mind. And so whether it's something silly and true, like a perception because I'm offended they didn't text me, or whether it's something that I'm a child of God, or whether it's actually a legitimate, like, I was wronged, the forgiven mindset is something I have to choose to step under. And I promise your feelings will follow. Let the forgiveness be the engine of your life, and let the carts of feelings follow it, not the other way around Right. So often we make the engine of our life, our thoughts, our perceptions, our feelings. And then we wonder why our car is all messed up. <laughs> but what if we chose forgiveness and the forgiven mindset to be the engine and let everything else catch up? Right. So this is what we're gonna do now. <clears throat> um can I can we have piano or something like that?
1: Um can we just stand up, shake off?
0: Um I know We're right at about nine, and so we're going to be wrapping up here. I just really want to take a moment to pray about this. And let's just take a moment, um, and we'll just have some music going in the background. And basically just say, Father, is there anything hindering my forgiven mindset? And make it personal with you and God. You don't need to share this with someone else. I'm not going to make you all yell it out or something like that. Like, you just sit there and say, God, is there anything hindering my forgiven mindset? And he might show you it was the time when you were hurt, you know, by your dad when he called you a name at five, you know, or something. Or he might show you, yeah, like, you tend to look through a bad lens and everyone who walks by you, you think hates you, <laughs> you know. Or it could be a false perception as to, I call you my son, not my sinner. Right? So, whatever it is, it could be a bunch of different things, but you make it personal, real quick. Just say, Father, is there anything hindering my forgiven mindset? Thank you, God. The next question is what do I need to forgive? for myself? Is it accusing myself of false identities and I need to repent of calling myself something God never called me? Is it falsely accusing and falsely perceiving the actions of others? Just ask it. Say, Father, who do I need to forgive? gonna show you a picture. And then whether whether you had nothing and you're like, dude, I'm good, or whether you got something, can we just pray this all to all? out together just repeat after me and just just it's between you and the lord but there's just something shifts when we make the choice to speak out i forgive so it, it might be yourself it might be someone else it might be whatever but just say say this out loud say father i forgive and then fill in fill in the blank father i forgive father i forgive I let go. I give up the right to judge, to punish, or to hold anything against them. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my unforgiveness, and I break its hold in Jesus' name. The cross was enough. I repent for holding unforgiveness in my heart. And I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiven mindset. moment, maybe if we can, I don't know if we can dim the lights or anything like that a little bit, but um, if we can just take a moment, if you need to go, we can kind of officially be done for tonight, and you can get going, but we wanted to create a place where if you're saying, hey, I need help, like I need prayer, I need to forgive myself, I need to forgive another, Uh, I really, I'm constantly offended for what other people are doing, obviously, I have something wrong with my forgiven mindset Uh, we want to provide a place up front here just come forward and just lay down or get on your knees or do whatever it is to make an act and say God I choose right now to lay this at the altar for you and then we'll have a couple people just coming around and being able to pray for you, okay? Um, but for everyone else, we love you guys. You're amazing. Um, just I would just ask that you would maybe honor just whatever the Lord's doing up here in the front, okay? Um, but so go ahead, and I'm just gonna pray and begin to come forward and do whatever you need to do just to get your heart right before the Lord and say, God, place me in a forgiven mindset. Yeah, so God, we, we just invite you right now to expose our hearts, God, Right now, we put everything on the table, God. All the times we were wrongly hurt and all the times we wrongly hurt or perceived other people. We lay it all down for you, Jesus. Jesus, we just receive right now.